You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Is it an inhuman? Is it a djinn? Is it an X-Men? No. She's Kamala Khan. Today, we will be discussing the new Miss Marvel TV show on Disney+. Plus. Uh, we're going to discuss the identity of Kamala Khan and where we see this character going next in the MCU. Guys, this is Systematic Geekology. We are the Priest of the Geeks. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Knoll. Uh, I'm just a biblical study student and podcast editor and, you know, a guy who likes nerdy stuff. Um, recently... I've been, well, this Wednesday, I had five comics downloaded on Comixology that are all from just my regular pool list, and I'm realizing I have too large of a pool list. And I am joined today by the one and only <laughs> Pastor Will. Uh, is, is it the the chill chill Will of uh, Chapel it, it, Hill? It, it depends how I'm feeling. It could be Chilly Willie from Chapel Hill. It could be Chill Will from Chapel Hill. I don't, I don't know. We are, we'll see. Today, I, I'm feeling kind of summery, still a little head congested, uh, coming off a lot of traveling, a lot of camp. So I'm I'm probably uh, mellow, uh, mellow yellow right now from <laughs> um, from Chapel Hill. But hey, everybody, I am Will, one of your co-hosts, and glad to be back. It's been a little while since I've been on Systematic Ecology just because I've been uh, leading a lot of youth camps and traveling with family and uh, just got back from Iceland, the land of fire and ice, of mountains and volcanoes and waterfalls. And while I was there, I was attempting to read The Silmarillion because in prep for the Lord of the Rings show coming up here in September and never really read that book. I've read Lord of the Rings, read, read The Hobbit, read those many times, but never really dove into deeply too deeply the the similarian and and um loved i got got a little ways in and it was really cool with the backdrop of iceland and mountains and waterfalls and that ice capped glaciers and, and so it really drew me into that world so so i had a blast and, and speaking of pull list your pull list too long i went i went back to my <laughs> comic book store uh yesterday on new comic book wednesday and um and yeah, the stack was was pretty thick and pretty expensive. So I have a lot to read uh, to catch up on here uh, over the next yeah. few weeks. <laughs> Fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Today we're talking about the Miss Marvel TV show, and I could not be more excited. At, at first, I was nervous for for most of the series. I will tell you, I was nervous about this show because I have a strong attachment to the comic book character in that story, and <laughs> they changed a lot up which made me nervous. I stayed Mm -hmm. anxious for a long time in this series. I think it kind of paid off in the end, which I was very thankful for. I'm happy about that. We're going to talk more about our opinions on it later on. Um, (laughs) But before we do, Pastor Will, do you think you could possibly do a quick recap of everything that happened in this six part miniseries? Oh man. What? Well, I'll, I'll say before I do that, that you go back and listen to our other episode about the comic book uh, story arc, No Normal, um, and kind of Kamala uh, Khan's um, origin story from the comics. As we really do stress to to read and dive into the source material before you go into the movies or TV shows, because these books, these comic books, uh, um, really, these graphic novels are really the source material where it all comes from. So, so in terms of like origin story, 
uh, how they get their power set to the learning curve, to wrestling with their identity and family and friend group and superhero group. Um, just as the comic book does that really well, I feel like the TV show did that. It's only six episodes. Um, it starts off with like her being that kind of Peter Parker, awkward teen in high school that's not very popular, that's a part of a, a religious, has a religious and family identity that's not as popular and mainstream. Um, and so she's trying to figure out her way. And then she wants to go to AvengerCon, which um, just makes me so happy because I'm a big fan of Comic-Cons. And, and she the whole thing is like she idealizes Captain Marvel and Carol Danvers and the Avengers and wants to go to AvengerCon. But along the way, she stumbles upon, um, you know, uh, a piece of jewelry or a bangle that gives her her own powers and her learning what that is and what that means and where it came from. And the rest of the TV show is her wrestling with kind of finding her own identity, her own. Um, oh, that, that, uh, okay. So <laughs> the part that was so charming about this TV show for me was along the way. Cause I think about it too. I, I want, if I was a superhero, what would be my name? What would be my costume? What would be my secret identity out in the world? And that's what she's really wrestling with in here while trying to uh, wrestle with these big themes of religion and society and uh, family tree, generational identity kind of stuff going on. And so I thought along the way, her character is so charming and um, and very quick witted and has like a just a, a resting kind of smile face that draws you into her character. And so um, eventually along the way, she becomes more powerful. She learns how to use her powers. And then at the very end, she's really comfortable in her own skill, uh, her own skin and her skill and her power set, along with she has a new costume and name which the whole series she's trying to find and discover along the way. Um, so yeah. I think that's spoiler, spoiler free. And again, if you're listening to this, go watch the show first, cause we are going to spoil it. Um, oh, yeah. But um, I, that kind of summarizes her, her kind of journey It's a great origin heroes journey. Um, trying to find herself, uh, which any great new character, comic book character, uh, if it's done well, is kind of peak comics, peak superhero. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the, the story is wildly different from the comic book version, but it does hit some of the, I think maybe m most or all of the same themes, just in a different way. Mm -hmm. um, it's one that another shout out to Ryan Doze. I had to take that page out of his book and not judge it based off of what it wasn't. <laughs> right. And that's right. Sometimes it's hard to do because, you know, you have these expectations and, you know, it's mm -hmm. hard not to do that. Um, but before the show even began, because I guess people just weren't aware of the comic book or whatever, there was a lot of backlash to the show before it started simply because she is an Islamic superhero and people were upset about that and it got review bombed. And so the ratings stayed low for a majority of the show because people just went on there and rated it bad before it even came out because, oh, she's an Islamic superhero. Why do they got to include that kind of stuff in Disney and all that kind of stuff? Basically trying to cancel it before it started. Right. Pastor Will, what because it's so hard to get a real feel of how the show was perceived because of people doing stuff like that. Um, I, I gotta wonder, what have you heard from other people? Since we can't rely on these websites right now, what have you heard from other people on how they <laughs> right. perceive the show? Don't rely on the bots. Um yeah, yeah, I think I definitely think is some Islam um Islamophobia 
Islamophobia. And I, and I think there's kind of that fear of the other. Here's a person of color. Here's a different culture I'm not familiar with. And, oh gosh, where are they going to, are they going to make me feel uncomfortable or guilty for being white? And I think there's that legit fear that people are, are having, but no, I won't even call it legit. I just like, it's, it's there, it's in our culture. And so people are feeling that, and that is what's drawing them away from it without even watching the show and giving it a chance at first to see what the main message is. And then it's, that's just kind of humans uh, gonna human, you know, uh, fear of the other. And then you have geeks gonna geek in a sense that, oh, those who are fans of the comic book, those who are fan of her power set of being a polymorph shapeshifter, being an inhuman and all those things, they're not doing that particular thing. So, oh my gosh, they're changing her power set. They're changing her like identity. She's not an inhuman. She, then, then what is she? She, she's, um, they joke through the whole show about her name being Nightlight, which she ha- she hated. <laughs> uh, best part I was of the so oh, man, I love it. They were going to make that stick, and I'm like, no, oh, no. I knew they weren't. I knew they weren't. But I knew it was six episodes, and I knew that they were going to start off and kind of. Uh, yeah, I was patient with the show all the way, and I I thought the pacing, I thought the feel. We'll talk about that here in a minute, and kind of how we rank it. But but I think all that goes in. You're doing a little different from the comics. You you have a different cultural, religious. Um, uh, viewpoint, vantage point that people aren't familiar with. So you're going to be scared of the unknown from the beginning. And I think that kind of um, gave it that sense of like, I'm going to stay away from this. But those who are who are all in, in the MCU or want to see this thing happen or jumped in and kept saying, no, this is done really, really well. Stick with it. And um, I'm hoping it'll continue to grow legs, uh, no pun intended, and uh, really stretch <laughs> out there again um, and and have its due because it's it's one of my favorite MCU TV shows that they've done so far. Oh, it's not one of my favorites, but <laughs> I did enjoy it quite a bit. I um, <laughs> Before I get into that, I, I do want to just kind of throw out there because we, we talked about it some I think there's a lot of fear in the, especially in the, I'll just name it, the white evangelical kind of culture. I, I know people don't like those kind of labels all the time, but sure, I think you know what I'm trying to get at as far as the certain kind of people who are afraid of it being an Islamic backdrop to the story. Um, to me personally, I don't get it. I, on the one hand, you, even if your whole goal is to evangelize other people, you would think making their culture feel more normalized so that you can talk to them without their guard constantly being up would be a good thing. You would yeah. Think? Yeah. I mean, I think that whether it's uh, again, uh, other religions, other family systems, other political um, identifications, or even different fandoms, I think what we're trying to do here in systematic ecology is not create rivals, but, but build friendships. And, and so if you could see another religion, another fandom, another uh, a group of people that aren't necessarily a part of your background or or upbringing that how do we see the other as as friend or and, and an asset rather than a rival um that to compete against and and that happens in a lot of areas of life but i think that's what we're trying to do with six geology that's what i try to do as i posture myself in the world how do i understand you better so you can understand me better so that our friendship can make the world better and i and i think i think that's being christ-like and mm-hmm. um and and it's about about being um faithful as a christ follower and and that's the posture i'm going to have and i think shows like this um can only help us and and that's not to say that it 
it can't be without critique where you could look at it in a way and say, Hey, I don't like how I'm being portrayed or my group is being portrayed or society. Then if it raises questions, great. Let's ask those questions and go deeper with each other. But, but we do that around a table um, of, of friendship rather than seeing each other as rivals. I try not to do this thing where I act like I'm an authority on things because I think that I'm not really an authority on anything, but <laughs> as someone who has spent a lot of time with some of the Islamic groups in Charlotte, uh, just because, you know, I took religion classes at ZPCC. I got to know some people and we did a Bible study of books that both Islam and Christianity view as, you know, scripture. If you nice. didn't know, they, they believe a lot of the Old Testament as scripture, just not as the same equivalent of the Quran. So we're able to have those discussions and talk. Hmm. The Miss Marvel comic helped me understand the culture well enough to understand sort of where they're coming from. I think the show gives you a good insight to that culture as well. And it's important 100%. to just kind of familiarize. If you're going to have conversations with people, you need to know where they're coming from. And this is an easy way to do that. You know, maybe yeah. not the best way, but it's an easy way to do it. Yep. All right. That being said, Pastor Will, you you seem to like the show a little bit more than I did. I, I liked it a lot, especially that last episode. But you said it was one of your favorites. So what would you rate it? Zero out of ten. <sighs> Zero out of ten. Yeah, I, I, man, it's hard to... um. I, for me personally, I, I give it a nine. Um, I liked her journey. I like the feel for it. I like the aesthetic, the music. There are times when the music opening scenes, closing scenes literally gave me goosebumps mm -hmm. or brought a tear to my eye. And, and I, I just think she and her friend group were so charming that I just loved seeing her grow into becoming a superhero. Uh, the it, not everything was easy. Yeah, it's six episodes. You you, you can't. There was a the learning curve may have been uh, pretty quick, but but in terms of man, the first episode, she's walking through school as the geek, the Peter Parker. People pushing her <laughs> in the locker. She's not. But once she gets her powers, in the second episode, she walks through the same hall, the main Taj, except with like this kind of hip hop beat, all confident, not caring how people are looking at her. I'm just sold. It was like a Scott Pilgrim. Um, it was, uh, into the spider verse, Miles Morales, kind of graffiti text music kind of popping up on the screen. They wear, use those dynamics. I was just drawn in and, and along the way, yeah, her power set weren't exactly like the comics. Her background with the inhumans were not like the comics, but I was patient enough to know at the end they were going to land with the costumes she has in the comics that she's going to grow the big fists and use those um, that we'll find out her lineage <laughs> as you alluded to is not necessarily in humans, but maybe has, you know, some, some other areas of comics that some of oh, us are really, really love. Maybe at this point, at this point it, it's out yeah. there. Well, yeah. It's out there if you, if you've watched it. So um, that makes me excited. So all the, the whole journey beginning to end, was good. Now, now I will say that I had to take a break. I watched the first few three episodes, then did camps and traveled. And so it was kind of hanging out there for me. And so then I just binged the last three episodes in like a day and day and a half. And, and that helped like going, man, this is so good. So, um, that's where I am. I, I give it a nine just because of where I am in life. And, uh, I'd love just the journey from beginning to end and, and how charming the show was. Hmm. Don't be mad at me. <laughs> Hey, I'd say probably you know. a six and a half or a seven for me. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to expound on that though. Uh, a passing grade. A you time. give it a passing grade. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mind you, for me, anything above five means that I like it more than most things. Five right. is average to me. Yeah. So just, you got to keep that scale in mind. Um, 
for a long time, it was just a five, maybe a little bit lower even because I was so anxious about it. Um, I actually rewatched the whole series just because I needed to redigest it after I let go of my expectations. Because for me, the story of her in the comics where she body shifts and she literally looks exactly like Carol Danvers and has to determine her identity separate from her heroes was a much cooler way of telling this story. Right. But yeah. That's not. Yeah. You're not comparing this story to that story. You're comparing this story on its own merits. Mm-hmm. You have to think about that. And as I thought about that and rewatched it, the first two episodes, they're great, actually. They're a lot of fun. They get the character right. They get the dynamics of the family right. Everything's really cool. For me, episodes three to five, just I would skip them. I do not like them. I would not watch them again. <laughs> right. The whole where she's going to the other country. It's much like how I felt about Moon Knight, actually. They go to the other country. They're doing that kind of stuff. They get into this. To me, a lot of the Jen stuff was weird with that. It didn't feel very genuine to some of the stuff I've read about the Jen. I don't know. Maybe I'm just wrong, but it was just kind of a, this feels weird. It doesn't feel right. Also, they kind of established an end game. You can't travel back in time and change the present. So that whole scene just doesn't work in how the MCU says time travel works. So that's kind of a big hole to me, and I don't understand I don't think she changed anything. I I think, I think it was her all along that that was one of the things that she didn't intervene her for her grandmother. I saw it as, wow, it was me. This story was me all along. Uh, So she never changed anything. That was her from the beginning. I, I agree. Those episodes were a little like I really had to pay attention to graphs with what they were trying to do for me. I, I don't, I know nothing about that culture or that land or the exile. And then the, the rivalry between um, Muslims and uh, Indians or, or the British, I, like that's a part that I don't, or Gandhi and all that, the baggage that goes along with that. I didn't know much. So I, I was really trying to pay attention and some of it was a little confusing for me, but I, I loved it in a sense that I felt like I was learning more, getting, it was diving deeper into her identity and family and family tree that I knew was going to land and help her understand and help her be a better hero later on. So, so I was invested. So if you're out there, like if you've watched it once and you want to go back and skip a few episodes, that's fine. But don't, if you're watching it for the first time, don't skip episode three, four, five. <laughs> They're essential. You um, really won't miss much. No, no. I, I, will, I will politely disagree with Joshua on that one. Say, watch the whole show from beginning to end. Yeah. I. What, what's weird is actually the Pakistan, the Pakistani and English, I don't, I don't know if you call it a war or whatever, that confrontation in mm-hmm. India, that particular point of history, I have a couple books on it and I I always found it really interesting. I didn't find it interesting in the show, though. It kind of felt like it was crammed in there so they could do a nod at saying they did it, mm-hmm. which kind of aggravated me. But uh, sorry, back back to my review, trying to think about it. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Uh, the beginning, like I said, I loved it. I, I, I always love the fact that Kamala Khan is a geek. Peter Parker was yeah. more of a science kind of math nerd, which I get that. It was relatable, but I feel like Kamala Khan's even more relatable because yeah. she's geeking out about Avengers and Carol Danvers mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, even uh, even Ant Man and I'm like, which Ant Man has a has a podcast that's hilarious. Uh, was on the podcast really <laughs> yeah, funny. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, uh, hey hey man, if, if you wanna if you wanna join Systematic Ecology, we will always be welcome any Ant Man who wants to come on. Team up. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm 
I really like that. Like you said, the Scott Pilgrim vibe. I liked it a lot, especially that first episode, but I feel like they didn't use it as much going throughout. They, they, okay. they still incorporated it, but they didn't incorporate it as much. I liked, I liked that. And I wish they would have used it more throughout with the, like the graffiti and stuff talking. And you can see kind of what's going on in the background that way. I just wish they would have used it a little bit more. But then that last episode came over. I was anxious the whole time. And then we get to episode six. I was not mm-hmm. patient like Will. For me, I was like, oh, oh, what's going on? Why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? <laughs> and then they gave me so much of what I wanted. They even had her say, embiggen <laughs> and get big. I mean, she doesn't have the stretchy powers, but she did. She said embiggen. And I was like, yeah. hey, yeah. hey, that is my comic book nod. That is, it just filled my heart with joy. She's talking to her family and they're giving her advice and support in what she's doing. And I was yeah. like, yes, yes, yes. I was I just so many feel goods. Um, and then at the very end there, I don't remember the exact line, but, you know, Spider-Man has the has the line of with great power comes great responsibility for her. The line is where her father says something along the lines of if you saved one person, you have saved them all, which is a quote from the Quran. And I was yeah. like, oh, I can't believe they're not going to do that. I can't believe they're just leaving all this stuff out. And there at the end, he sits down and he's talking to her and he's complimenting, he's praising her. And he says, if you saved one person, you saved all. I was like, oh, they, they did uh, it. They, they did, did it. The line. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then even they made me think for a while. I was even afraid in the last episode that they're just going to do the MCU formula thing, which I don't even I don't like calling it the MCU formula because it existed way before the MCU. But whatever <laughs> the formula, uh it looked like it was going to happen, right? They have another person with the same power set. He was going to go evil and she's going to have to fight him. And it was going to be, you know, the same old story we always get. But instead, Miss Marvel is able to talk him down and be an inspiration. That twist on that same story that we've heard a hundred times, that twist was so cool. Absolutely. And of course, at the end, when you discover she has the mutant gene and they do the dun, 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 dun. I was literally jumping up and down. I was like, oh my gosh, Miss Marvel <laughs> is the next man. And then the credits roll and I'm still excited. And I didn't even think about there being an end credit. And all of a sudden my TV screen shows her swapping out with Carol Danvers. And I'm going, oh, so that whole story of her having to find her own identity separate from Carol Danvers can still happen. And all of a sudden I went from not caring about the Marvel's movie that's coming out to yeah, why, why isn't that not coming out next week? <laughs> like, I yeah. need it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I agree. Like, I my my first geekdom as a kid was reading X-Men comics. And so I'm all in with – That's in, ter- in terms of – even if, like, I don't like the direction the X-Men are going in the comics, it's still my pull list because it's just that's the way I am. I'm going to keep yeah. it, the main book I'm going to read no matter what. And, and so she's not X-Men yet because they haven't brought the X-Men. <laughs> she hasn't been to anybody's school, and Charles Xavier hasn't recruited her to be a part yeah. of any school yet. Yeah, but having the mutant uh, gene or them tipping their hat to that was a big reveal. And and all that kind of goes back with um, – in the comics, she isn't inhuman. She's a part of a different race that you can go back and study who the inhumans are. And, and I think it goes back to that time in the Marvel's history – MCU history, they did not have the rights to the X-Men or mutants that Sony did. And so they're really making a push for the Inhumans in their comic books and in their TV shows and maybe in the MCU. But now they don't have to worry about that. They don't have to worry about the Inhumans. And MCU is looking to draw in um, some mutants into their wheelhouse. Uh, Then her being the first kind of revealed mutant in the MCU is a pretty big deal. And um, her wrestling with with what that means and and that kind of goes into, again, 
you know, labels and uh, X-Men have always been associated with um, whether it's race or oppression or prejudice. Um, that um, that's a part of the uh, kind of kind of her story. And so it makes complete sense uh, that, that that would be something that's a part of her story and lineage in this go around the MCU. Yeah, I will say I hope that rather than just making her another X-Man, I hope they do like what they did with her in the Inhumans where she wasn't inhuman. She kind of did inhuman stuff, but she was also her own thing. Like I really like her as her own thing. I would love a season two of this. This was fun for me. So like her tension with her mom and her dad about and that even that teenager tension, let me be my own person. No, you're still in this household. You do what we say. We're scared for you. We want you, we want you to, and then her growing independence and then having this kind of story arc, her going overseas and seeing her grandmother. And there's a couple scenes where you have her grandmother, her mother, and then herself, these three generations talking about their great grand, her great grandmother. So this lineage of strong women or the women trying to find their identity. I think that was a great story arc of like her grandma, her mom, and her working that stuff out. And I find it so awesome that it was her mom that eventually accepts her and creates her um, costume. And the whole time she's trying to find out her, her name. What should she call herself? What this superhero? Everybody's calling her Nightlight, which is super lame. And she's like, no, not Nightlight, <laughs> which I found so good. But there's even a, a time when someone reveals to her that she's there from the Nor dimension, this light dimension or whatever. And she kind of looks over to the side, Kamala looks to the side and she goes under her breath, goes, Nor girl? Should it be Nor girl? No, that's lame too. So she's still trying to work out her name. And at the very end, it's her dad who tells her about the meaning of her name and then gives her her superhero name, which um, I think is so, so incredible and so moving that they're, you know, her mom and her dad create who she is while she's her own person, has her own, she has her costume and now her name and her power set to go out and be a hero in the world. Um, She goes fun. Yeah, I like her as her own thing. I like her family dynamic was really cool. It was a strong family show, actually. Absolutely. Um, I like I like the idea of her being part of the X-Men and kind of maybe having that same dynamic of support and also mm-hmm. individuality. Um, so my final conclusion on my re- part of the review would be <laughs> episode <laughs> six, 10 out of 10. Episode one and two, probably a seven or an eight, probably an eight. I'll lean to eight. Uh, three, four and five were just bad enough to bring the overall thing to a seven for me because I'm like, yeah. Just didn't like yeah, those. that's legit. I, I can see that for me. That was all. I can see that. Yeah. Um. That being said, I am so- glad to hear that uh, the sixth episode, which is named oh, yeah. No Normal, which is the name of the first story arc of the oh, comic yeah. book, um, it got got a ten because I think I think they stuck the landing. The other TV shows have been really well, and but maybe the ending hasn't stuck the landing enough for me. But um, this one really, really did. Oh, yeah. So I talked yeah. about the three episodes I didn't like them that much. Uh, one of the big topics in those were her like uh, extended family being part of the gin or, you know, genie, if you if you want to use that language, that's, they don't really use that in here because that's not really the Islamic way of saying it. But it's the same thing. Gin, genie, same thing. Interesting. Um, if you've watched the Disney movie Aladdin, uh, that genie is from, you know, an Arabic story. So mm-hmm. he usually is called a gin. Um, also, the story is usually wildly different. But, you know, that's just Disney being G- Disney kind of deal. Um Usually the djinn are sort of kind of like trickster kind of beings with the magic kind of stuff. Uh, much like Loki, they could be good, they could be bad. They're usually tricksters of some sort. 
Right. Um, what did you think of the gin in this story? I, I kind of gave my take where I was like, eh, didn't didn't love it as much. But what, what did you think about it? Well, I all those connections I really didn't make until you lifted it up for me. Um, and that that <laughs> my blind spots and ter- culturally blind culture blind spots. But um, I didn't mind it because I knew that her backstory in terms of with the inhumans, they were going to do something different. And so if this their way of trying to find her to have a s- separate dimension or, or a different kind of genetic makeup or from a different family tree from a different dimension or whatever, I was kind of like, cool, if this is how they're going to make her kind of uh, parallel or juxtaposed beside her comic book origin rather than Inhumans and, and going down that whole complicated road, create it a little bit more authentic from Arabic or or Indian or Pakistani or, or kind of the Middle Eastern culture, like understanding those things. If, if it's not Inhumans, but it goes down that area to help me a little bit understand that culture, but let that be her kind of authentic background family tree, then then I'm all there for it. So I was kind of, I was able to kind of dismiss knowing that Inhumans isn't a thing anymore in the MCU or even in the comics as much anymore. If this is the area they're going to go and try to be a little bit more culturally sensitive in that area um, and do it the right way. I mean, if if the creator of Miss Marvel, um, G. Willow Wilson, uh, approves and is giving it thumbs mm-hmm. up and, and is loving it, I was kind of watching her on Twitter and and seeing what her reactions were. And, and I think she was having a blast. I can only imagine how it feels to watch your creation on the on screen yeah. and say, yeah, I did that. Yeah. That um, um, if she approves, then I do. And I and, and that's kind of where it was. I was I was holding it loosely, not too tightly and not too anxious. I was like, all right, let's see where they go with this. And parts of it, I was trying to trying to wrap my head around it because it was a little bit hard to understand just because it's my blind spot. But I um. I didn't mind it. I, I thought it was, yeah. I thought it was well done. I think overall, it's something that MCU does well. The often they'll change powers or to change part of the stories that we might not disagree with, all that kind of stuff. Even even with Spider Man, a lot of stuff changed, but they're really good at understanding the themes of what's mm-hmm. going on, right? And kind of who the characters are, and if you get the personality right, they got the personality of Kamala Khan right. That is the yeah, main one hundred percent. I'm still excited to see her interact with Wolverine in the MCU. That's going to be fun. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, when talking about the gin, because um, I don't want to use this as my recommendation, I just decided to squeeze it in here. Um, there is a book that talks this very heavily prevalent in Arabic culture and talks a lot about the gin. It's 1001 Nights. And I kind of cool. just wanted to talk a little bit about that and kind of maybe get your take or just, you know, let people know that these stories exist. Mm-hmm. Um, so first of all, the overall what's what's happening in 1001 Nights Um from my understanding, which there's some different interpretations of some of this, but uh, a jinn possesses the wife of the king, right? Uh, I'm not going to give names because I can't pronounce them and I won't try. (laughs) Um, Causes the wife to basically sleep around, do that kind of stuff. King gets mad, has her killed, proceeds to take a different young lady every day, make her her wife, have her killed every single day. One lady that he ends up getting, she has her sister wake them up early. Before he kills her and tell a story. And then she goes, well, I'll finish the story tomorrow if you let her live. And then she <laughs> does the next story. And it, the way it goes is it lasts a thousand and one nights that she keeps telling stories. <laughs> and so it's kind of a collection of stories within that overarching story that was caused because a djinn tricked someone, possessed someone, did something evil in that way. But even within these stories, you have the story of Aladdin, which is the most popular one. Um, in that story, 
uh, Aladdin comes across somebody who basically promises him wealth as a sorcerer. And it's like, hey, I just need you to basically pretend to be a prince. We're going to get in there. We're going to take all the wealth. All the while, the sorcerer plans on backstabbing Aladdin. But the genie involved warns Aladdin. So in that instance, the jinn was good. Mm. Uh, another popular story, my favorite of 1001 Nights, would be The Merchant and the Genie, cool. where uh, a jinn goes up to the merchant, uh, seemingly out of nowhere, white rage, and I'm going to kill you because you killed my son. I don't even know your son. Or the merchant's kind of like, well, what's going on? Um, three guys kind of come. He he ends up convincing the genie to give him a year to live. And in that year, he talks to these three men. They get to know him really well. So when the genie comes back to kill him, they're all like, let us plead our case. And it's kind of a cliffhanger. The story, I think the point of the story to me has always been to get close to people who will advocate for you. But it never tells you really what the outcome of that is. I think intentionally so that you can kind of focus on the morality of that. So even in that case, we don't know if the djinn ends up killing him or not. So overall, the djinn, sometimes good, sometimes bad, all powerful kind of beings, always kind of trickster-like. Pastor Will, can Christians believe in djinns or genies? (laughs) (laughs) Do we have our own trickster gods within our own kind of Christian circles? Um, Yeah, I think, again, we're going to talk a little bit about labels and the danger of the single story. I think as a Lutheran, um, I I believe we're both saint and sinner at the same same, um, same time. And, And so, yeah, we wrestle with that... Are we a villain? Are we a hero? Are we a saint? Are we a sinner? And the answer I will say is yes. And and how do you grow into who God's calling you to be? So so yeah. Do you believe? Do Christians believe in genies? No. Do we believe in supernatural? Do we believe that there are forces at work beyond ourselves, um, good and evil, uh, a part of God's will, not a part of God's will? Absolutely. And so, where do we align ourselves with? What do we? What what wolf are we feeding more? What bear are we feeding more? However you want to use that analogy. Um, what are you paying? Being more intentional with. Uh, makes a difference. So, so yeah, I think, and so every, every religion has its trickster God, whether it's Norse mythology, Greek, uh, Greek mythology, um, Arabic mythology, these stories you're lifting up, which I haven't heard of that book. So I'm really appreciate, appreciate you. I may have heard of it, but I've, I've never really like gone down that road. And so that, that seems cool as I'm reading like Tolkien, which created his own kind of mythological framework to, um, uh, to, to the stories he was telling has this trickster God. So um, even Christianity, you know, whether you call it Satan or Lucifer or whatever demons there, there are trickster liars, evil trying to steer you off course along the way um, in your, in your own uh, hero's journey and your own pilgrim's progress, if you will. So what does that, what does that look like? So that, yeah, that I think there's room in that, in our own mythology, in our own, storytelling there's room for that but in terms of where we place our faith where we put our attention i think that's a good discussion to have so on our other podcast or my other podcast with uh, tj we're the whole church podcast we're doing a dividing scripture series throughout and we're talking about hasatan in the book of job and how it's been interpreted differently so don't know how you want to say if you want to say he's the devil whoever you want to say whoever he is in that story plays a similar role to the jinn like where he's kind of trickster he's kind of not necessarily good or evil in that but he's kind of playing everybody trying to kind of pull the strings and move the story along. Um, from what I did tell you about that, since you haven't read that before, I'm just kind of curious, do you, can you see sort of the beat of who the Jinn are from what I just said in who these characters were in Miss Marvel? 
Yeah, I think you had to create kind of this, um, you know, again, if you want to talk about Marvel formula, but who are the villains? Who are the antagonists? Is there a group over against you? They're trying to take over the world. Their dimension take over your dimension. You got to stop them mm -hmm. so your world won't be destroyed. I mean, um, I, I like it that they're, they were nuanced in a sense that, that are they family? Are they not family? Are they... And I, part of my great grandmother when it uh, deconstructed her gin ideology and went down a different yeah. road uh, as a road of peace, and they tried to bring her back in. Um, I think I, I thought it was really well done with the time that they had over six issues or six episodes. Um, I thought it was handled well, um, and and I, I liked them. It took me a little while to figure out who they were and what they were talking about, um, but that's just me trying to follow a storyline. All right. Well. We've, we've talked about it a couple times. We've hinted at this and um, the identity discussion we want to have at the very end. When Kamala finds out that she has the mutant gene, like, oh, you're, you're a mutant. And she basically goes, oh, it's just another label. Whatever it is, it's just another label is what she says. You know, so Kamala doesn't see herself as a djinn. She doesn't see herself as an inhuman. She doesn't see herself as an X-Men. She sees herself as herself. Um, so, Patrick, well, I, I do. I do have to wonder with that. How are labels harmful in in that kind of way and do you think there's ever a time that labels are actually helpful or are they always harmful um i don't think they're always harmful i think labels are there to help us wrap our head around and understand things you know there's a reason there's labels on food so that you could like not just randomly grabbing a mystery can it has a label <laughs> on it and you want to know what it is and it has the yeah. ingredients you know labels in itself um help us understand who we are and who others are. When you reduce someone to a single story or a single label uh, to make yourself feel better or to demean them, then then that's where it's it's going down a wrong road. Um, you know, I, there's a great TED talk. I've mentioned it before. My wife uses it in her classroom. The danger of the single story. And again, mm -hmm. it's is talking about. Who am I? So, so yeah, I'm a pastor. And so if someone thinks of me as a pastor, there may be somebody there who's a very stereotypical understanding of what a minister or a pastor is and may automatically label me as someone who, um, you know, reads scripture 24 seven, doesn't cuss, doesn't have a beer, doesn't go to rated R movies, whatever. And like, Oh, you're that holier than thou person. But they also, do they see me? And then they're like, Oh, you're a surfer. Oh, if they only saw me as a surfer. Oh, you're one of those kind of burnout potheads from California who only care <laughs> about, um, the, the size of the waves. Um, or, or, or can't hold down a job because of surfing. And then there's, you know, I'm a geek. Oh, oh you're a geek. You like Star Wars. Oh, you must be that kind of geek or, or you're a dad. I'm, I'm not, I, I'm all of those things. I'm an intersection of all of those things all together. I'm a pastor. I'm a dad. I'm a geek. I'm a golfer. I'm a surfer. I'm a person who likes humor. I'm a sarcastic <laughs> individual. I, yeah, I like to have fun, all, all that stuff. Um, so, so if you try to label me just as one particular thing and not understand, um, the nuance and complicated nature of who will is then then i think you're reducing me to something that that uh that i'm not necessarily that I'm not necessarily am and i think that's what and the and the and the tv show did that with it as well you have the department of of damage control who are reducing who has this mask under surveillance and like we're used to that um because you you're labeling us as you know uh, uh <laughs> you're labeling us we're a bunch of like 
um, young adult Arabic Muslims who could possibly terrorists. Of course, you're labeling us that way. Mm -hmm. And we understand that. And then you have the police, you have the people versus Department of Damage Control. They're wrestling with that there. And so, um, and they allude to the fact of one of the uh, the main person from damage control is like, ah, oh, these young kids with powers are new are nuisance. And well, it's, it's not the powers are wrong. It's, it's these young kids with them. And so that again, Easter egg for X-Men being a nuisance or Spider-Man <laughs> being a nuisance uh, with their, with their powers. But the, the whole show along the way was wrestling with labels and what that meant. And then again, her friend Zoe, um, who at the beginning labeled her as that other geeky kid who's not a part of, but by the end, she's like, she's my friend because she saved my life and I'm going to help her in her friend group grow and saw her more than just the label she placed on her. Yeah. Uh, talking about Kamala, uh, Miss Marvel, if you will, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about it and th there's a difference between stereotyping someone and labeling someone, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So when she says it's just another label, I think she's really talking about how people stereotype her as, oh, she's a Muslim. That means she must be this or that. Right. Or, you know, I, they didn't get into this as much, but, you know, I could see where even being a djinn, oh, that means she's a trickster. We can't really trust her, that kind of thing. You know, mm -hmm. um, oh, she's an X-Man one day, maybe, <laughs> you know, then it'll be, oh, she must just be one of Professor X's lackeys. And, you know, she's never going to be that. That's not who Kamala is. And yet she's also all of these things. And I, I don't know, like, like, just like you said, you're, you're a pastor or a surfer or whatever, a geek. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm a geek, a Bible student, a podcast editor. And I, I like working at Chipotle. I'm just weird. <laughs> I'm Josh <laughs> with the wrong opinions. That's a really specific label that I have. Right. <laughs> and I think it, it is helpful in, in a sense, you know, it's helpful for me to understand that you are a pastor because that means I know I can confide in you. Right. And that, with that way that, you know, that's helpful. It's helpful for me to know you're a surfer because that means if I want to try to learn surfing, Hey, there you are. It's helpful for me to understand that Kamala is Pakistani because that means, hey, if I'm going to approach her, there are certain things about her culture that I, I should be aware of. So I'm not offensive. But I think you cross the line when you say, oh, that must mean she's like the terrorist because she's Islamic or that must mean she doesn't believe in God. You know, well, A, that shows your ignorance and B, that you just you can't simplify someone to a label because then you're stereotyping. And I think that's where the where I would call that's a sin. To me, that's a sin because you're not showing that person love anymore. You're taking that label and using it as an excuse to dismiss them. Right, right. It's, it's how you if that if that label allows you to open up a means to understand another person, another soul, um, and and who they are. Great. If you're using it as a weapon uh, to to tear them down or demean them or see them as less than, then then you're using it a wrong way. So so yeah, I think labels and us defining ourselves. Let the person label themselves, define themselves, and discover who they are. Rather before you throw that label on them or try to define them apart from having a conversation uh, or enter into a relationship with that person. Amen. And amen. Uh, Pastor Will, do you have anything else you wanted to uh, wanted to say about the show or anything like that? No, I just, again, I thought it was, it was a great, it's not exactly like the, the comics and the kind of the background, uh, but in terms of handling her origin story and her journey of her, um, the learning curve of what it means to, to have power and use it, you know, the, this bangle that she got from her grandmother, grandmother that comes from her great grandmother, uh, they did a little dimensional time swap kind of thing that makes you go, what's going on. But, but I thought, 
um, it, it's a way to kind of help her understand her family tree. And perhaps she won't even need that bangle. It was, it's her mutant ability to tap into, it was a conduit to help accentuate what's already within her. Uh, we'll see if that happens or, or not. But um, yeah, you, you have the MCU, you know, yeah, the Department of Damage Control, you have the mosque, you have their family, her brother's wedding. There's so many fun things along the way. And all along, she's she's trying to figure out who she is while hold on to her friendships and family and, and reveal. So um, I loved it in episode six when she has all her family sit down on mm-hmm. on the on the couch and she's going to reveal who she is. And she goes, I'm, you know, and they're like, oh, you're Nightlight. Oh, we're so surprised. She's like, you guys already know. She's like, yeah, yeah, we do. <laughs> um and, and I just love that as someone who, who hopefully, you know, I like creating stories and would love to create a comic book one day. I'm thinking of cool comic book names or, or superhero names and costumes. Her wrestling with that through the whole episode was, was super fun for me. And, and all in all, we get another, another great hero that hopefully is going to lean into another phase of Marvel where they can take these young heroes and make a young Avengers or, or, um, have her own story arc with a bunch of people that they're using, they're grooming in within these shows to be the next crop or generation of, of heroes that are coming down the line uh, in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> I agree with all of that. Um, my, 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 my hot take, I'm going to do a hot take and then I'm going to wrap it up. Okay. I'll give anybody a little, <laughs> let everybody have to sit with this. Uh, my hot take is uh, damage control is a, uh, MCU's replacement for S.H.I.E.L.D. because they got rid of S.H.I.E.L.D. and they didn't bring S.H.I.E.L.D. back quick enough and they need S.H.I.E.L.D. back. I think they're probably going to do it in Secret Wars, but damage control is weird. I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) That's my hot take. I don't like damage control. I think it's weird. All right. That being said, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, Pastor Will, do you have any recommendations uh, for people listening that they could go and check out following this? You know, I, I was thinking about coming day. I'm so far behind because of this summer and uh, hopping from camp to camp and traveling with my family. I'm I'm really behind in in my books and comic books and and TV shows. I my wife and I did catch up with Better Call Saul last night, which is a spinoff from from Breaking Bad, and and that show is just brilliant, brilliantly written. It's it's captivating. It's uh, just great storytelling. If if you haven't watched. Breaking Bad, I understand, but Better Call Saul is the prequel uh, for this kind of crazy lawyer in Breaking Bad, and it's six seasons. It's a lot of shows, but but man, I love that show, and and what they're doing with it in this final season has been pretty fun. So yeah, if you want to find a cool new dramatic show, Better Call Saul is great. That's a part of the Breaking Bad universe. Yeah, um, I'll let you do the fun geeky one. I, I'm going to do a more serious one because I, I've always had an... Um, uh, I don't want to say passion, like a deep caring for Islamic culture, their religion, all of that mm-hmm. care for the people, because I feel like they are often marginalized. Um, so, you know, I mentioned earlier the 1001 night. I think that's a great storybook. You should absolutely read it. If you want to actually understand Islamic religion as it is without having to get into something that is religious, if that makes sense. Um, Reza Aslan, I talked before about he does a, a book on Jesus or he goes through the history of who Jesus is from someone who doesn't believe in Christianity. He's really good at that. He's a religious scholar. So even though he is Muslim, when he writes his book, No God But God, it's um, he does a really good job of not writing it as if this religion is true and more of a historically what happened that created this religion. Nice. And, uh, what was that author's name again? Uh, Reza Aslan. 
Okay. Yeah. Super good book. Um, fun. It's interesting just to kind of see how Islam started without having to have it basically, you know, you're not getting preached at for it. It's just, this is how it started. So cool, cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, that being said, guys, uh, if you want to hear more from me or Will, well, first, you can always join our Patreon and hear me and Will do the comic book catch up each month where we go over our comics that we've read for the month. Uh, you could also go to systematicecology.org, hit host. Both of our names are in the drop down menu there. You can see everything else that we do. And uh, if you want us to know what you're geeking out on and what you think we should be geeking out on, you can also go to our website, let us know there, or on our Facebook group, Priests of the Geeks. And guys, please do me a favor. Don't don't forget this one. Um, I need you to remember that we're all a chosen people, a geekdom of priests. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.